Welcome to Fostering Solutions, a podcast that uplifts people and enterprises making positive impact in communities around the world. I'm your host, Dr. Michelle Foster. Our guest today is Sharon Lansdale, um, who is with the Rural Center for Rural Health Development. Center for Rural Health Development. Um, you're, and you're located in Putnam County. We are. Awesome, awesome. So tell the tell the audience about, tell the audience about yourself, Sharon. Who um, is Sharon Lansdale? <laughs> well, I've been fortunate to have led the center for since 1994. So I've been there since the beginning, since it was privatized. It was part of state government prior. And then they decided they needed a private partner. And I was the first private CEO there. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm also Oma to five grandkids. <laughs> Oma, I haven't heard that term. Oma, for... it's German. Okay, <laughs> My okay. husband is um, first generation German on his mom's side, second on his dad's side. Nice. Okay. Yeah, so we're Oma and Opa. And never really expected my daughters to move back home. Uh, but they did because uh, when they started to have children. And so I have five grandkids, nine to three, and I'm the wife to Stephen, who is absolutely my soulmate, and I'm soon to be retired. You are retired. I didn't realize that. Yeah, okay. I've, I've announced it, and my replacements have already been uh, designated by the board. We haven't announced anything yet. Okay, <laughs> nice, nice. Yeah. So So I got about one more month. (laughs) Oh, wow. Yeah, very soon. (laughs) Okay. Do you know what you're going to do next, or you're just being Oma? Well, yeah. I I mean, the reason I'm retiring is to be grandma. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I really want, you know, they're nine to three. You know, when they get to be teenagers, they don't really want me around. And I just want (laughs) to be part of their lives. My daughters want me to be part of their lives. Even my son-in-laws wanted me to be part of their life. So I'm really re- um, retiring to be with family and kids. But I'm going to stay associated with the center for about four more years as a part-time employee. Okay, okay. Had no desire to start a consulting practice or anything like that. As long as you retire and start I want to retire. <laughs> you want to retire or retire, for real. Yeah, So, <laughs> but I do need to maintain affiliation for about four years because of some other things. Okay. Yeah. Good, good, good. So you are the president and CEO. Mm-hmm. Um, describe your journey to the current position that you have there. <laughs> um, it's called being curious. Okay. Um, I'm a pharmacist. Was very, very happy being a pharmacist. I love pharmacy. Okay. But I was in the hospital, and I was educating patients with diabetes about how to manage their diabetes. And I became curious as to what was out there in the community for them because I was a hospital-based pharmacist. Okay. So I went to the state health department and I asked them what is out there for patients with diabetes to support them. Um, Because as you know, it's a very manageable chronic disease, but it has Mm -hmm. to be managed, um, you know, at home. And basically the health department said nothing. Wow. <laughs> there was nothing there. So I went back, you know, and everything. And several months later, 
I got a call from the health department, and two legislators had put money in the budget to start the West Virginia Diabetes Control Program. Mm. And they said, you're the only person that's ever talked to us about this. Would you be interested in doing this for us? And being the curious person I was, (laughs) I said, sure, I'll do it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I went to the state health department. I was just on contract. And I started the West Virginia Diabetes Control Program and fell in love with public health. And while I was on contract, they asked me to start a couple of other new programs for them, the biggest of which was um, a federal contract with um, for tobacco control. Okay. So I did that, and then um, they lost their director, uh, actually hired someone else. Then that person didn't show up, and they called me and said, would you like to be our director? Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. So I said, you must have been doing something great if they keep <laughs> making you all these offers. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I guess they liked me. Mm-hmm. But um, so I said, sure, I'll try that, <laughs> you know. And so I was there for, I mean, all told, contracting and, and on staff for about 10 years. And then my girls hit middle school. Mm. And I was traveling so much with my job. And they just needed mom at home, you know, Mm -hmm. teenage girls in middle school. What can I say? So I left, and I went back into pharmacy. I was director of pharmacy at a hospital. Mm -hmm. Um, The hospital was getting ready to change hands, and I wasn't too sure about the new owners. I heard things, and, you know, I was just like, eh, I'm not sure about this. And this is West Virginia. West Virginia. And so... Um, someone approached me and said, you know, we want to start this organization called the Center for Rural Health Development. Um, and we think you have the skills to lead it if you're interested. So I interviewed, got offered the job, went to the hospital administrator at the hospital because I, I really had a lot of respect for him mm-hmm. and basically said, I have this job offer, but if you're going to stay, I'll stay. You know, because the hospital was transitioning. And he looked at me and he goes, tell me about your new job offer. (laughs) So I took the center's job and that was in 1994 and I've been here ever since. Awesome, awesome. So what keeps you, because, and you're, um, you're a community development and health community development financial institution, right? We're a CDFI. Mm -hmm. The center is. The center is, yes, yes. So what keeps you doing the work that you're doing? Um, I love the mission of our organization. I believe in it. I feel like And share what is that mission? What is it? Um, it's twofold. Mm-hmm. One is to strengthen um, the rural health infrastructure in West mm-hmm. Virginia, and the other is to improve the health of West Virginians. Oh, it's a lot. <laughs> well, it's two, yeah. it's really two different sides of it mm-hmm. and their strat the strategies you know most americans equate health with health care mm-hmm. very different strategies to improve and health some, some of it sounds more like policy too uh yes mm-hmm. <laughs> it could yeah. be yeah there's policy yeah mm-hmm. um but i just believed in the mission and i've been fortunate mm-hmm. work with a great team and so i just had no desire to leave the nonprofit sector <laughs> awesome awesome so this series is about maximizing impact. What does that mean to you? And in what does that mean to you in your role? 
there at the Center for Rural Health Development. It really does mean achieving measurable and impact and meaningful results. Mm -hmm. So many people in the nonprofit sector think if we have a meeting, we have a great conference, that we've achieved something. And that's just how we get there. Mm -hmm. So really, um, if we're able to, um, uh, I've always been a person that we want to achieve outcomes. Mm -hmm. And I want to be able to communicate what those outcomes are that we've been able to achieve. So that's what, to me, and that's what the pharmacist in you, I'm sure. <laughs> oh, yes, <laughs> the pharmacist. So, in what change are we really, you know, seeing with right all these great things? That we're... Yeah. Well, um, I'll give you our loan fund. You know, our our loan fund is on the healthcare delivery side of our uh, mission, mm-hmm. and we identified um, that there was just that there that rural healthcare providers weren't um, necessarily able to access uh, financial resources from banks and things like Mm -hmm, that. mm -hmm. You know, we knew healthcare. And so when we saw that and we had an opportunity, um, the Robert Wood Johnson Foundation, we were part of the Southern Rural Access Program that was funded by Robert Wood Johnson and the Bandham Foundation. Mm -hmm. So we went to the governor and to the legislature and said, here's what we found. You know, rural healthcare providers um, don't necessarily have access to capital financing. Um, at that time, you know, we have a lot of uh, federally qualified health centers in our in our state. We're mm-hmm. fortunate in that respect, uh, but they weren't bankable. Banks didn't understand them, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and so we said, "Here's what we want to do. We want to create this loan fund." At that time, it wasn't a CDFI; it was a loan fund, and we want to make fi- capital financing available. Well, the governor and the Senate agreed with us. The House didn't agree didn't with us. It, yeah. yeah, so we got a half. We asked for a million. We got a half a million. Mm-hmm. We did. We put the private funding with us. So we started with a two and a half million dollar loan pool. Mm-hmm. Um, we went out and made our loans. I think we made maybe six or seven that time. We went back. We prepared a report on the results. Took it back over to the House side, <laughs> and said, "Here's what we did." Mm-hmm. Um, and there's more need out there. Um, this time the house got on board. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so all told, over years of um, doing what, asking for the funds, telling them what we would do with the funds, showing them what we did with the funds, it was exactly what we told them we'd do. We got $2.5 million of legislatively appropriated funds um, now the loan fund is an $11 million fund, wow. and we've made, um, let's see, we've made about $33 million in loans, and by leveraging this with private, we don't compete with banks, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. but so we leverage banking capital, you know, spread the risk with them, mm-hmm. and to date we've made about $73 million in healthcare loans. We have, yeah. Yeah, less than a 1% default rate. Mm-hmm, and that's mm-hmm. important. Uh, um, when a rural health care provider goes out in a community, I mean, they're no longer in business, that leaves a hole in mm-hmm. access to some sort of health care oh, services. Absolutely. And absolutely. it's not easily made up. Mm-hmm. So it was important that we have a low default rate, and we work hard at that. That's wonderful. 
So you, you know, I wrote this book, <laughs> Maximizing mm -hmm. Impact, Success Strategies for Dynamic Nonprofits. Um, what chapters in the book resonated with you and why? Um, I read most of it, not mm -hmm. all of it word for word, That's okay. That's okay. <laughs> but I did read, read a lot of it. And um, I would say uh, the chapter on getting the right people on the train mm -hmm. resonated the, team, the yeah. most. Yeah. Um, we're a small, I mean, we, we're a small nonprofit. You know, there's like six of us there. Mm -hmm. And that's mm -hmm. big because we have been four forever. Um, and we almost had a disaster when we had the wrong person on the train. Oh, wow. And how easily one person in a small organization can take out an entire organization. Wow. I mean, she had allies, mm -hmm. <laughs> but... You know, it could have done it. And it, I had to go to the board um, and basically say, here's the issue. Here's the problems. Here's what I've done. Here are the mistakes I've made along the way in trying to address mm -hmm. this. And here's what needs to happen to um, fix it. Mm -hmm. And I left the room. <laughs> they discussed. Came back in the room. They said, we'll support you because it was pretty Wow. drastic what had to happen and they did and we've not looked back since That's so awesome. you know I getting was, the, the right team is just so important because you can't do it alone as the leader no you no. cannot do it alone as the leader so really having that um team there to support you and to you know be your eyes and ears and to really get the help to get the work done is oh, so yeah. important isn't it absolutely you, you you need um, everybody rowing in the same direction. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And that's what was not happening at that point in time. But now everybody's rowing in the same direction. We still may, we have differences of opinion. Mm -hmm, we mm -hmm. have discussions, but we're a team and we work through them. We discuss them. We put everything on the table, inclu including with our board. Right, and right. I, I have to say that not only is our staff strong, but our board is strong. It's wonderful. Which is great, given the transition that's about to occur. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Change is always difficult, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But the other thing in that chapter I really appreciated was uh, the comments you made about um, diversity, equity, and inclusion. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And you are absolutely correct. Mm -hmm. You cannot have diversity without inclusion. That's right. If it, it's not a place where um, debate is welcomed, mm -hmm. contrary opinions are welcomed and debated, mm -hmm. um, it's no use to have diversity. Right, everyone well can be thinking the same. You've got to have different ideas, different vantage, because we're all from different vantage points, right? We bring exactly. something different to the table. Yeah, and yeah. you know, and it's it, it's important. You're also correct in that chapter in saying that strong organizations have diversity and inclusion, mm -hmm. and if you have those two, you will have equity That's in right. your programming. That's right. That's right. So I, I really that really resonated with me because I absolutely believe that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you mentioned it seems like your loan program has been very impactful and mm -hmm. very efficiently and effectively ran. So what what have what strategies have you used to really maximize the impact of the, of of 
the loan program or, or whichever program you think is, is most impactful? Well, I mean, I think all of our programs are impactful, mm-hmm. but the loan program is probably the most visible because it's probably. the largest. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, you know, I gave you the numbers and everything like that. And that is, the numbers were possible from the technical assistance we provide. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> we work with potential borrowers before a loan. We refer- How long before? I mean, is it? Oh, it depends. It depends. Yeah, yeah it depends. I mean, some borrowers um, we work with, you know, and tell them what's needed, tell them what's in front of them, especially mm-hmm. startups. Startups are um, the most challenging. Um, I mean, we can work with a startup for a year, and we can work with some startups for three months. Mm-hmm. You know, it just Fairies. depends. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we refer them to other programs that can provide the technical assistance mm-hmm. that we don't have the capacity to provide. So we provide do that. And then, then the technical assistance afterward. Mm-hmm. Because things happen. <laughs> right. People yeah. get deployed to war. Um, spouses get desperately ill. Divorces happen. Divorces I mean, happen. Life happens. <laughs> life happens. Mm-hmm. And so, but it's not just the numbers, it's the stories. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, we have um, one of our loan applicants or loan recipients is an ophthalmologist in a rural community. And literally, he was at his wits' end. He could not get bank financing wow. anywhere. So he came to us and we looked at his. Uh, financials and we looked at him and um, we made the loan and he said that I don't know that he would have had to close his practice or significantly reduce it but we're talking a very rural community Mm -hmm. one of our best success stories is a dentist who came to West Virginia um, and located in uh, the New River Gorge area because mm. his wife was from that area. Okay. And he was a whitewater raft guide in college and everything. Nice. So um, when he approached us, his practice was in a double-wide trailer. So we helped him build his new building and financed it for him with a bank. Mm-hmm. And then he brought on an associate. And years after that associate was there, we helped the associate buy into the practice. And most recently, maybe a year or two ago, we helped that associate buy out the practice. Nice. So that was succession planning. Been with them, yes, for a while. (laughs) Yeah, our loan fund started in 2001, and they were one of our early uh, loan recipients. Wonderful. Mm -hmm. Wonderful. So, you know, in this great work that you're doing, what do you know now that you wish you knew when you first joined the organization? (laughs) What do I know? uh, you know, I was, I, I, I don't know if I'm glad about this, but I was pretty naive. <laughs> and Sometimes had, that's not a bad thing. You yeah, know? I think it wasn't because had I known all the things that were going to happen, I might not have taken the job. Mm, mm. Yeah, very, I mean, it, it has been really and truly a blessing to be part of the center. Mm. But it hasn't been without its ups and downs. It hasn't been without, you know, conflicts, you know, um, conflicts between organizations, Mm -hmm. you know, those type of things as well. You know, when you're the new kid on the block, everybody thinks you're taking a piece of their pie. You know, so there's those kind of conflicts as well. Um, Pretty significant ones. Mm 
Mm-hmm. But so had I known that, I might have just stayed in pharmacy and been happy, mm-hmm. <laughs> maybe with another mm-hmm. hospital. But I would have probably been better. I love pharmacy. Um, I just fell in love with public health. That's good. 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 What are you most proud of? And I, you know, if you need to repeat some of this, I, I already, you know, heard from you just being able to help providers who, you know, the bank wouldn't give a chance. Um, so what aspects of your work are you most proud of? Probably the team we've built. The team. Mm-hmm. They are, I mean, it doesn't matter. Staff loan committees, board, mm-hmm. it changes, and it changes over time. But with very few exceptions, we've had a tremendous group around us. That's great. So that's probably what I'm most proud of. Um, the other thing, you know, is we've stuck to our mission. We've had opportunities, and once in a while I'll take it if it's not too too mm-hmm. much. Mm-hmm. But that would pull us away from our mission. And I've sort of resisted that. Yeah, mission creep is just a real thing, isn't it? It is a real thing, and it can take you under. Take you, yeah. If you chase dollars Mm -hmm. rather than coming up with your mission and what programs. But the other part of that is I never envisioned that a loan fund would be part of our mission, would be Mm. part of a program that would help serve our mission. But when the opportunity presented itself... Mm -hmm. I was like, okay, let's talk about this, yeah, you know, yeah. and see, you know, and it, it is part of the infrastructure that was needed. I mean, mm-hmm. these rural providers needed financing. Yes. So a real, a real need, a real challenge. So we learned overcome. how to be a loan fund, mm-hmm. even though I'm healthcare and, <laughs> you know, but mm-hmm. we know we knew who to call on to help us. Right, right, right. So are you the only healthcare CDFI in West Virginia? We are a healthcare only CDFI. Healthcare only. So other CDFIs. There's other CDFIs. They fund in various areas. Yeah, not just and, healthcare. Yeah, not okay. just healthcare. Okay. Yeah, they fund other areas. Gotcha. gotcha. Mm-hmm. There's only three CDFIs okay. um, in West Virginia that, that serve West Virginia. <laughs> and I think, and I may be wrong, I haven't looked at this recently, but I think there's only two healthcare only CDFIs in the United States. Oh. Yeah. That's even more special. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. Are there any gro- plans to grow the your area of service? Are you sticking with health and maybe are you are there any growth opportunities that you're looking at oh, as an organization? Yeah. I mean, we we recently just prior to COVID started a new program to on the health side. Mm-hmm. It's called Wild Wonderful and Healthy West Virginia. Oh, yeah, I've heard of that program. Yeah. You've heard that a little bit. Yeah, you've helped fun part of that with us. And um that is a long-term endeavor. Mm-hmm. And you know, the the advantage Another advantage I did not envision, because <laughs> I, I just wasn't thinking a whole lot, but um, with our loan fund, we have earned revenue. Mm-hmm. And our board, when we started Wild, Wonderful, and Healthy West Virginia, which is to, um, we call it disruptive innovation. We want mm-hmm. to 
improve the health of West Virginians. And as you've heard me say, since 1990, mm -hmm. according to America's health rankings, West Virginia has been among the 10 most unhealthy states yeah. in the nation. Yeah. And we didn't get there overnight. Mm -hmm. COVID didn't put us there. We've been, you know, we've been that way. We go up and down for, you know, since 1990. So when we went to the board, we said, we know what to do. And my public health background and the public health background of uh, Elaine in our office, mm -hmm. um, we knew exactly what to do. But we needed to develop a model that could be used in rural Appalachian communities, not something for Charleston, because Charleston mm -hmm. can do anything. Mm -hmm. So it had to be simple enough for them. And we started it. And when we did, I remember the board chair at that time looked over at me and said, so Sharon, when we see the results of this, you won't be here, right? And I always tease him now and say, I thought you meant retirement, but and you might have meant here, here. <laughs> And both are, and both are true, <laughs> and both are That's true. That's long term, a long term investment. Well, you know, we time and effort. We have communities. There was a report last week or the week before. Eleven counties in West Virginia have suffered from generational poverty, mm -hmm. and like I said, this generational poverty didn't start yesterday. It did not, yeah. and it's going to take a while to make the changes in the community to support all individuals. Mm -hmm. you know and address all the conditions in communities so everybody can thrive no exceptions absolutely absolutely so for someone who may be out there listening and thinking that they may be interested in getting to where you are as a ceo of a of a healthcare cdfi what advice would you have for them well and i always say this not every good idea needs a nonprofit around it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Many nonprofits fail. They are a nonprofit is difficult. It's, it's hard work. It not, is it's not a cakewalk. It is yeah. not. I don't think people realize how difficult a nonprofit mm -hmm. is. Mm -hmm. So my first piece of advice was find would be find a partner that you mm -hmm. could work with. You know, find someone that with a, who's mission you would your program would fit in mm -hmm. and see if that partnership would work and if it does try it out for a year two mm -hmm. years mm -hmm. grow your program use it sort of like what you did with ferguson mm -hmm. memorial mm -hmm. baptist church you know grow it out yeah. <laughs> see if it works and then form your nonprofit if you think you can be sustainable mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and if not work with that partner organization so that would be my first piece of advice Start slowly. Start slowly. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. So as you look to the future, you know, of, of now, you, you know, retiring and being, being is it Tima or Gma? What did you say? Uh, Oma. 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 Retired to being Oma. Um, as you look to the, the future, like what gives you hope? You know, I I have hope in young emerging leaders. Mm -hmm. I think, for the most part, um, they they will learn from our mistakes. Mm -hmm. I think they're open, you know, and I think they want to make a difference in West Virginia. Mm -hmm. And so I have hope in that. And then I also have hope for my family that we're raising, mm -hmm. the grandkids, my children. Um, as, as uh, you say in your bo book, you're a Christian. 
were a Christian family. Mm-hmm. And I always tell people, you know, I didn't come up with this idea. I feel like my life has been directed by God. Amen. I pray all the time for different solutions to different things. And sometimes a door will close that I really wanted not to close. But then I found, you know, a month, two months, three months, I'm like, huh, what doors have opened Something up? Something <laughs> even better, right? Yeah. Yes. And I just go, wow. And I remember many a time sitting in Rob's office and saying, I know, I just need to tell you this. <laughs> and it's true. I totally get that. Yeah. Totally get that. You may have your own agenda and own plan, and it doesn't work out, but then something even better comes around the corner. And you just got to have faith. You just really do. You do. You put your head down. You do your work. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And then everything else. It works out somehow. Somehow. And that's a big part of what this nonprofit, um, and I call it a ministry because that's really where, to me, that's where it started and really... You know what transformed my life and to to mm-hmm. get me to where I am today. So um, yes, well, that's the interesting part of your book, actually. Mm-hmm. You know, being in nonprofits as well. That's why I meant I didn't read every word, so mm-hmm. I probably just skimmed the how to do strategic planning. <laughs> right, because some of it you know. <laughs> yeah, some of you already know. You've been, been at there, this done. a while. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But what was interesting about the book was your personal story, mm-hmm. and. It was amazing. And so after reading it, I actually told Robin and Elaine, I said, you all need to read this before you assume positions at the center. Okay. You really do. Good. And I, I'm very sincere about that. It was very, very good. Because at first when I looked at it, I thought, is this going to be a how-to? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is this going to be a how-to? And then when you asked me to do the podcast, I was like, okay, I better read it. And then I started <laughs> reading it, and I, it was good. I mean, it was, it was very, very well done. Thank you so much, and thanks for being my guest today. You are welcome. On your first podcast. Ever. So, ever <laughs> in your whole life. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All righty, Sharon. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you.